Let's pray. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Guide my words and all of our hearts so that they may be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So last week, um, we had the very exciting scripture about Naboth and Ahab and Jezebel, um, along with Genesis, part of Genesis chapter one, which was about how God created humankind and called it very good. Some of the things I summarized in the sermon last week is no one is beyond God's redemption. Not much has changed in 3,000 years, and leaders are fallible. This week, through the scriptures, we hear about how sin entered the world and how we have been redeemed through Jesus. These are not, uh, I'll say, easy scriptures to hear. Um, Paul gets very wordy at times. Um, we can be, in some ways, uh, disheartened by hearing about the fall um, and the story of how sin entered the world. And we can feel like we're never going to live up to up to who Jesus is and was in the fact that he was in the wilderness, was tempted, and yet didn't sin. Everything that we hear um, is about humanity's sinfulness, and essentially. In, and so the thing that we have hope for, and part of the reason that Lent is a season in the Christian calendar, is that we know the end of the story. You know, we know who Jesus is. And so it's by that strength and conviction and courage that we can look at these scriptures and not, um, in some ways, be really disheartened or downtrodden about them. Because we know, we know who, who wins, essentially. And it's God. Um, the thing that, that Paul talks about in Romans is that Christ's life, death, resurrection, and ascension surpass the effects of Adam's disobedience. That would be kind of how I, how I would summarize um, Romans 5, 12 to 19. Adam sinned, and through his sin, death was brought into the world. And with Jesus, we have life and have it abundantly and eternally. Um, one of the other things that uh, Paul talks about in, in this passage in Romans is, is about the law. And he talks about it um, not because it's, in, it's uh, pivotal to this text, but it gives an example of how 
there was sin before the law, right? Because there's a lot of time between Adam and Moses and Moses is when the law was given. So we have all, like all of the patriarchs, um, Abraham, uh, Isaac and Jacob, right? Who didn't live under the law and all of their children and then 400 years in, in Egypt and you know all of that time, right? We have, we have this space between when Adam sinned and then when Moses came into the picture and God gave the 10 commandments and then the rest of the, the laws that are in Leviticus and Deuteronomy and Numbers. Um, and what the law did was allow us to see how often we choose not God. Um, and when I say not God, uh, that is, that could be something from the enemy, that could be something of the world, that could be something that we choose to do our own will instead of aligning with God's will. It's also known as sin or temptation. And the thing that Paul is, is really driving home in this passage is that God's grace is not only bigger, but more powerful than Adam's and our sin. So how many of you would would say that you've lost a little bit of hope in terms of what I'll call the youngest generation, those in high school and, and maybe college in terms of uh, their potential relationship with Christ. How, how many of you would say that you've lost a little bit of hope? Yeah? Okay, so I see some of you nodding etc. Um, so how many of you have heard of what's happening at Asbury University in Wilmore, Kentucky? Anybody? So the thing I love about this, because God is ironic, uh, part of it anyway, is that Asbury University and Asbury Seminary are named after Francis Asbury, one of the first bishops in the United, well, in the Methodist Church in America, um, he was, he knew Wesley, he knew, well, both Wesleys, Charles and John, um, and he was one of the first people to, uh, I'll say, organize the Methodist movement in the United States, um, and so in this little town of Wilmore, Kentucky, uh, which is tiny, by the way, um, there is what some have called a revival happening amongst the college students. They went into a chapel service a couple Wednesdays ago, might be three or four now at this point, and some didn't leave. And they kept singing and they kept praying and more people came uh, from the college and it has been, we'll call it logistical Olympics um, for the people of Wilmore and both Asbury Seminary and Asbury University. Uh, but the thing, that, the thing that is fascinating to me about this revival if you wanna call it that, or movement of the spirit, you could call it that too, um, is that first of all, it's quiet. 
there's not um, there's not a lot of you know kind of hooping and hollering. There's not um, lots of kind of extemporaneous preaching. Uh, people are singing and they're praying for one another, and the spirit is moving. There is a dramatic sense of peace that the people who have been there have experienced. There's been reconciliation. Uh, an article that I read yesterday said that uh, one of the students um, remarked that she knew God was doing something when people on campus who didn't agree with one another, who in fact significantly disliked one another, were praying together and were reaching out to each other in the spirit of Christian unity and love. There's transformation happening. Um, people are realizing and experiencing the infinite love of God in this place. So whether it stops or whether it continues, God is doing something really, really interesting. And it started with college students. Now, from what I've read, the people who are, who are participating in these services at Asbury, they are experiencing what we in the Methodist tradi tradition would call justifying grace. How many, anybody know the definition of justifying grace off the top of your head? No, neither do I. <laughs> and I had to answer questions about this for ordination. Um, one of the definitions that I really like that I found is justifying grace is the assurance of forgiveness that comes from repentance, from turning towards God's gracious gift of a new life. That's amazing, right? Like what an amazing gift that is. And these students and potentially the professors and the volunteers who are helping kind of make order from chaos at, at Asbury uh, University, many of them are experiencing this justifying grace, which is something that our uh, founder, John Wesley, experienced too. I'm going to read um, his encounter with justifying grace in um, from my, my Wesleyan Bible. Um, and this is a quote from, from John's journals uh, dated May 24th, 1738. Um, we know this as Aldersgate Day in the Methodist tradition. And this is what he says. In the evening, I went very unwillingly to a society in Aldersgate Street, where one was reading Luther's preface to the epistle to Romans. About a quarter before nine, while he was describing the change which God works in the heart through the faith of Christ, I felt my heart strangely warmed. I felt I did trust in Christ, Christ alone, for my salvation, and an assurance was given me that he had taken away my sins even mine, and save me from the law of sin and death. Now, you don't have to answer this because this is a very personal question, but I want you to think about 
whether or not you've experienced that grace. Has your heart been strangely warmed like Wesley? Wesley's ministry looked very different uh, as he grew from this transformative experience in 1738. He grew into love. And one of the things that, that he came to believe and share with people was that while taking the seriousness of human sin and brokenness seriously, Wesley believed that God's grace prevents the total destruction of the divine image in us. God's grace prevents us from being lost to sin and death. Adam may have stepped in a pile of doo-doo and traipsed it throughout time, but God's grace through Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit helps us, brings us back into relationship. And it's, I'm always interested when I see uh, what could be considered a significant movement of the Holy Spirit, which is what is happening at Asbury. And it's actually spread to uh, tens of, I think the last number I saw was 61 different universities and colleges throughout the country. Um, God is doing something new. And we can either be a part of it in terms of praying for this, or we can be against it in terms of praying against it. But one of the things that we are definitely invited to is, um, especially in this time of Lent, which is an opportunity to, to kind of take, take an inventory, look at what, uh, look at maybe where we need God's transformation a little bit more in some areas than others. Um, we can do what I call a spiritual inventory. Um, and there's four questions in, in your bulletin. How has God's grace transformed me more into the likeness of Christ? What did I do as a new Christian that I don't do now or vice versa? What do I do now that I didn't do as a new Christian? How has my understanding of God's love changed because of my relationship with the Trinity? And then how, oops, typo. How do I let spirit guide me in righteousness? Because the thing that Jesus promises us and in our relationship with him uh, confers is, is new life, is eternal life, is participation in the kingdom. But God also requires that we work at it. It's not a once and done thing, um, which is in some ways why the people at Asbury have refrained in some ways from calling it a revival because we won't know if it's a revival until 10, potentially five, 10 years down the line when we see the fruit of what is happening. We are, we are blessed that we know Jesus and that we can 
receive the love and grace that God gives us. So I'm going to pray us out um, of the message and, uh, and then we'll continue on with our worship. Holy Spirit, we don't know where you come from or where you're going. But we do know that you like to do a new thing. That you like to help us, help us grow, help us be courageous in our faith, help us transform so that we do reflect the love and grace and mercy of Christ. It may be that some of us who are listening to this podcast or in this room need a fresh reminder of your love and grace. Show us who you are. Show us what you've got. Remind us again how loved we are and how we are not slaves to sin and death. Continue to guide us as we go about this week, as we go not only extending your love and grace, but receiving it as well. It is through the creator, redeemer, and sustainer that we pray. Amen.